I am sitting with these girls. I am laughing with them. I am eating with them. And all I can think of is the horrible fact that I don't want to be here. I don't want to sit down here and pretend I like whatever it is they are talking about. I can't even bring myself to add to the conversation. And I don't know if anyone notices or they just don't care. I look around our classroom. Everyone is eating peacefully, talking or doing some bizarre stuff that has no impact on me whatsoever. I wish I could understand half of what the world understands. Moves through my head and I take it away. I have learned to let negative thoughts not dwell for too long. When they do, they stick and never leave. I may have looked lost because Amarachi snaps her hands in front of my face. Are you alright? Huh? Oh, I'm fine. I let her see a small smile. And she nods, looking away. If only she knew what went on in my head. Would she still talk to me? Would they spare me more glances than normal? I would never be normal. Thought I realized a long time ago. The bell rings and they get up, putting their chairs in their normal position while I settle into my chair, letting out a breath. Mr. Maddy, our literature teacher, walks in and looks around, his eyes stopping at mine. He offers a small smile and his eyes rest on mine a tad bit longer. I don't look away because I knew this routine very well. When Dad and Joy died a year ago, Mom called the school to inform them, but I pleaded and begged that they shouldn't let it announce and no student now knows about what happened to me or to my mom and I. Now all the teachers give me special treatment and not like I'm an egg. He looks away and the lesson begins. Do you think he likes you? Sandra whispers into my ears. Since we are sits buddies, I turn to face her and chuckle, more like he likes you. Her eyes light up and before she can make another statement, I pretend to be looking for something and the moment passes. I don't listen to Mr. Maddy as he speaks. I don't even write. I just stare and stare a little bit more. My eyes hot and my hands are twitching, but it doesn't stop me, not at all. And suddenly I'm thinking of joy. Her white smiles fill my head and I smile softly. I turn to my side and I can feel her. Hands on mine, her boisterous laugh as she jumped up and down. I close my eyes and let her memory fill me. That for a moment, all I want is to be in there. Stay inside this world where joy is, where she's happy, where she's alive. I don't want to return to any other place. I didn't realize I was crying till Sandra taps me and whispers my name. I feel myself shaking. Then I look at Joy, who frowns at me. She whispers, Go, 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 Amanda. And then I am back again, back in class, with everyone watching me. Amanda, are you okay? Do you need anything? I don't know why. But I just get up from the chair, pick up my bag, and run. No one stops me at the gates. I run and don't stop running till I am home. Mom isn't home, so I run to my room, more like the room of Joy and I. I collapse on the bed and I let out the tears.
I close my book, my journal book, and stare at Doctor. Stare at Doctor Andy, and I smile. Would you like to talk about why you suddenly ran out of class? There must have been something behind it. I look at Doctor Andy and sigh. If I knew Doctor Andy, it would be written there. I don't know. Doctor Andy looks at my charts in his hand and then back at me. You seem to be sleeping out of consciousness a lot these days. Are you taking your meds? I answer yes, but this is a lie. I hate them. I hate drugs, and I hate that this is how I am, taking drugs to feel normal, to be normal. You won't get better by staying away from your meds, and you know that. I look away, and he smiles. Look, I am just your doctor, and I cannot force you to do anything. But if you really want to feel better, then you'd have to do more for yourself. What does do more for myself mean, doctor? I ask, and he shrugs. You'd have to figure that out yourself. I shake my head and he grins. Keep taking your meds, and we would see you again this Thursday. If anything comes up between today and Thursday, tell me you call me. I look at him and nod. I tell him yes when I know it's a lie. But I get better each day at lying, so I lie all the time. It keeps me safe anyway. Get up, and he gets up. Promise me you try harder. For who? I ask before I can stop myself. And Doctor Andy studies my face for a while. For anyone, anyone at all, Amanda. I smile a little. I have to go. I say, and he nods, so I leave. My bag on my back. I always come here straight from school, and whenever I try missing it, Doctor Andy would ring my cell phone till I had no choice but to pick or face my mother's rot at home. I step out of the hospital and clutch my school bag tightly, feeling airy. I watch the road, the cars and the people crossing before I start moving. I walk with my headphones on and head to the ice cream shop nearby, going in and sitting down in my favorite spot. Welcome back, Chimamanda. Off I rose, the waitress a little smile. The usual, I mother, without looking up, as I pull out my laptop and log into my computer. I order some pizza and some ice cream, and I begin to write. Once my pizza and ice cream is before me, I start eating as I write about my latest expenditures and addictions. Something Joy and I always did. I look at the chair in front of me, and Joy smiles at me. I take her hand and look back at the screen. My latest addiction is a stash of alcohol, the same brand. My eyes water. But I blink black the tears once I see Joy frowning at me. I'm sorry. I whisper to her. But she gets up and she starts walking away. Even though I yell that I am sorry to her that I would never do anything to hurt her again. She still walks out of the door and she doesn't turn back. Chimamanda, are you alright? Huh? Yes, yes, yes I'm fine. I look at Rose and smile. You have tears falling down your eyes. Are you sure you're okay? I touch my face and there are tears. I chuckle and I wipe them away in my handkerchief, smiling. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. Rose looks at me and then she walks away. I sink into my chair and close my eyes, trying to recollect myself, trying not to feel sick. I order another bowl of ice cream and as I eat it, 
I watch the people in the shop. I watch them leave and I watch more coming. I wonder if any of them likes me. If any of them is like me. If they feel what I feel. If they can see me. Joy used to love this. She would sit by my side at the same table and she would whisper to me what she thought about everyone who came in. She loved making up stories about them. And then she would turn to me and say, but do you know what they might be thinking about us? I always said no. And then she would smile. Nothing. These people aren't thinking about us. We are the non-existent people, she would say. I never found this funny, but I laughed alongside her and she would sober up really fast, frowning. I don't want to be non-existent, Chimamanda. Then her mood would be down to be go home. I push away the memory because Joy will never come to me if I keep thinking bad of her and I never want her to go to stop coming to me. It is late when I get off of my chair and I leave the shop. Chapter 2 It is dark outside when I leave the shop. My phone is ringing but I refuse to answer it because it is mom that is calling me. No one else calls me anyway. She keeps ringing my line and I have no choice but to silence my phone so I can walk in peace. Walking in the evening like this in the streets of Potakot isn't a safe idea. But I always did this with joy. I couldn't stop now. I watch everyone and everything as I walk. My yellow headset and my ears, though at a reduced volume, I feel airy and empty. I want to rip it away, whatever is making me feel this way. But I can only talk and never do anything. I was made for fantasies. At least that's what Joy says. I hear faint music coming from somewhere. And I pull my headset from my ears and listen. Joy loved the song. She would play it all the time, singing into my face as she shaked her tiny waist at me. She was life. And then, she wasn't. Not anymore. I feel choked up and spacey. My eyes feel heavy. Maybe due to tears or actual exhaustion. But either way, I felt tired. I cannot shake Joy out of my head. Her loud laughter as she sings off tune. I cannot stop her from giggling as she falls on our bed and letting out a contented sigh. I have no control whatsoever and she just won't stop. I hold my head in pain and I want to hide. Some people are looking at me now. A man walks up to me and he holds my hand. Don't touch me! I yell. And he backs off. You just say you never colo. What did they do you? I move backwards and hit a woman. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I, I am. I just need air. I look away from the woman's penetrating stare, so she can't see how frantic and scared I feel. Everything starts turning, and Joy's voice follows my every woozy movement. Then I begin to run. My body feels like I'm floating as I run. I look to my side and see Joy smiling at me. Joy smiles and brings out her hand. Let's go, she asks, and she knows she doesn't need to. I will follow her anywhere. I grin widely and take her hand, and together we begin to run. I hold her hand tighter and tell her not to let go, that we have to finish this race together, and she laughs. She laughs and promises to not let go, but the farther the journey, the less her grip is. I can feel her hand slipping away, and each time I look at her, she just grins. But we keep running. 
I don't realize the tears falling down my eyes until it touches my sandals, which I always change into after school. Joy, please hold on. Please don't let go. I look at Joy and she smiles, but it never reaches her eyes. It never has anyway. Please. I beg her. I'm crying now. I feel my body shaking and I can feel the fear in me as the only thing I feel is her fingers and my hand slipping away. Joy! I yell, but her hands are gone. Her hands are no longer on mine. Just like that, I'm reminded that Joy is gone. Joy? Joy? I keep calling out to her, but she doesn't answer. She never listens to me anyway. I stop running and the world starts spinning. Joy left me is all I can think of. My phone vibrates in my pocket. I thought I silenced it, but I don't bother picking it up. I have to keep going, so I keep walking, ignoring the dizzy feeling brain. My child, are you okay? Why do they cry? I recall once the old woman comes closer to me. I am fine and manage to say. Another person asks, Do you need help? Are you lost? I realize you have surrounded me. It makes my head spin and my heart rate to speak up. I feel like I am having an attack, but I don't know. I'm just so confused. You'll be fine. Just breathe. Someone says, but I'm not listening. I push away from them and I keep on running, ignoring their yells. I run faster than before because who knows what would have happened if I had stayed longer. I pull out my phone from my pocket. It's 7.30 now. My phone rings. It is mommy. I pick it up and answer before she speaks. I am fine. I am coming home. I just wanted to clear my head a little bit. Where are you, Chimamanda? Where are you? I am fine. I yell. And she pauses. Alright. You are fine, but where are you? Can you hear yourself? Do you sound like you are wheezing and I can hear your sobs? Are you crying? I shake my head even though she cannot see me. I'm coming to get you. Where are you? I let out the sob as I tell her where I am. She says, I'll be there. Do not go anywhere. Do not follow anybody, okay? I say nothing. Can you hear me? Please, please stay. Please do not go anywhere. I end the call and I wait.